This is Your Week in Gaming, episode 14, recorded for the 21st of July 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk about Baldur's Gate 3, PlayStation Plus for online gaming, more news on the Activers Microsoft merger, and a sealed 2007 iPhone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 14 of your week in gaming. As the uh, the numbers continue to go up, some of us uh, continue to get nine hours of sleep every day. I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by my well-rested co-host, Samantha. Listen, who's getting nine hours? Not me. I'd like to get nine hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain, just before we were going in live and recording, you were talking about how nine hours is the perfect amount of sleep. Yes, yes, but because I'm working until six o'clock in the morning, and by the time I go to bed, the sun is already rising, it's really difficult to stay asleep for nine hours. So I'm only getting like six or seven, which is really not ideal. And then, of course, I wake up at like one o'clock in the afternoon, and then I have to start doing household stuff. So like... Over the weekend, I went and I got myself a tumble dryer. Because can you imagine getting up at one o'clock in the afternoon and then having to go hang up your laundry? There's like no sun left. Well, not because the sun. Winter, at least. Yeah, precise. So I went and I got myself a tumble dryer, and it was so funny because my dad was giving me gears about wanting to get a tumble dryer, and he's like, "Why do you need a tumble dryer? We have the South African sun." And I was like, "Okay, but Dad, if I wake up." at one o'clock in the afternoon and there is like three hours of sunlight is that really going to be enough because because i still have to do the washing cycle which takes two hours which means the stuff is only getting up on the the line by 4 p.m nah 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 nah, nah. tumble dryer thank you it has definitely made my life a lot better but yeah esports folks uh it's a it's a wild ride (laughs) ladies and gentlemen if you ever wanted to know a true first world struggle about (laughs) casting Not in your time zone, remote broadcasts. Just listen to Samantha talk about having to do washing at one o'clock or whatever, or throwing stuff in the tumble dryer at two o'clock in the afternoon. Bro, we're going to finish this recording. It'll be close to 6 p.m. I'm going to have to go fold my laundry, go like clean the bathroom. I managed to do the dishes already, so that's cool. But like doing household chores at night is just, it's so wild, dude. I feel like a vampire. And that, and this is during peak gaming hours for a lot of people True. as well and you're missing out on a lot of that because household chores but welcome to being an adult <laughs> yeah gaming news now and if you thought Baldur's gate 3 couldn't get any bigger well you're sorely mistaken games radar reports that apparently Baldur's gate 3 has seventeen thousand possible endings that is mind-blowingly huge uh details of this was revealed through a Extra Life uh, video on YouTube with an interview with the team at Larian Studios. One member that has been working predominantly on the ending of the game has said that this has taken about six months of work. Now, it's not 17,000 different endings. They just talk about possible endings based on the decisions. But again, to even cater for something as wild as 17,000 different possible variations of endings is a massive number. how it could be 17,000 not different unless what they just mean is like so maybe there's like 12 endings I'm, I'm making up a number here but the pathway has mm. 17,000 different variations and like you could you could play the game twice and make a few different decisions and still get the same ending but it was different because you made some different like i don't know once again um, my sentiments about Baldur's Gate is that's excessive. Excessive. <laughs> I, I, 
I feel like Baldur's Gate, the developers, Larian woke up one morning and they were like, all right, guys, how can we make this the most extra game imaginable? All right, we're going to hire 100,000 different voice actors and we're going to voice every single line. Yeah, and then we're going to have 17,000 different pathways just to mess with all of our game. Like, what next? Oh, yeah, wasn't there bear sex as well? Like, yep. like what else is going to happen in this game to make it more extra? I'm, I'm not even sure there mm. are more ways. So, Sam, you are a dungeon master for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition for a couple of people, and I play in one of those campaigns, right? Yeah. Have you known D&D players to not be extra? Yeah, yeah, you got a point, there. <laughs> All you have to do, like level one character, you haven't even started playing yet. What's your backstory? Ah, well, that's a very tragic story about how my family died and was eaten by cannibals and then the orcs arrived. And like D&D characters cannot have just a, yeah, I grew up one day and got bored. So I went on an adventure like Bilbo Baggins story. No, it has to be super depressing. (laughs) It's either incredibly extra or... Uh, I was playing a tabaxi rogue the one time and my backstory was that he, I had to go and find work to get money in order to cure my father's lycanthropy that he has picked up. Ah. I tried to seek a, a cat trying to cure lycanthropy. <laughs> it was a great story. My, my best extra moment was when I came this close to making a uh, dampier blood hunter Way of the Lycanthrope. I could have been a werewolf vampire. <laughs> so close. And, you were talk- and now you're talking about Larian being so extra. I think you need to take it back. Listen to the recording back and just hear. I think this is a perfect <laughs> round number. To be fair, they talk about its variations and stuff, which is 100% fine. I just think that like, there's at least, you know, the chances of me having the exact same ending as one of my friends that are going to be playing it is not going to be um, as 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 prominent and i think that already just makes the game very unique and i think a game like this you know that i think if anything it's just picking up the standard of all rpgs that are going to be coming out i will say i know a few people that have made it their life mission to uh, find all of the endings if you're one of those people good luck moving swiftly along folks uh so the next little bit of mine is a bit of a two for one special um so we're going to start things off with this isn't new so much Uh, But with the direction that gaming is going in, I felt it was just important to talk about. So Gaming Bible uh, did an article on how PlayStation Plus restrictions are infuriating Diablo 4 players. And obviously, that is going to be something that applies to a lot of different online multiplayer games. Why? Because you have to pay a monthly subscription to play an online multiplayer game. Like, like... Blizzard came out. They were like, okay, guys, this is an always online game. And, you know, if you you always online, so it has to be multiplayer. It's an MMO, open world. Like, and then Microsoft came out and said, ha but what if? <laughs> and so, like, it's Xbox, it's PlayStation, all of them. Like, you have to pay. So now if you buy Diablo 4, if you try and load in, like, monsters and stuff don't spawn. Because as I understand it, all of the monsters are server-side. So if you don't have a subscription... You can start the game, but nothing's going to happen. And I was like, what a waste of all of that money. And so many games are going in that direction now. So many games are coming out with like open world, multiplayer, blah, blah, blah. And the the fact that 
And even if it's not open world, even if it's just a game that offers multiplayer, the fact that you then have to pay for the privilege to play online with your friends, PC doesn't have that nonsense. So why the console going in that direction but on that note sorry to interrupt i just want to quickly segue this xbox live gold is getting scrapped and uh, and that of course was the pay to play online but it's not scrapped entirely they're changing it into what they're calling the game pass core plan um and this will be like you'll still get some of your free games and stuff you'll get some of your discounts and stuff and then you'll also get your your online multiplayer and i still think it's dumb that the online multiplayer is still part of the payment, but at least they're not making it like a separate thing. Like you're still getting other potential stuff with it. And there's actually quite a few plans. And the funniest part of this is that the Game Pass core includes online multiplayer for 80 rand a month. The Game Pass for Xbox, which is 85 rand a month, does not include online multiplayer. (laughs) So dumb, man. But then obviously you get your Game Pass for PC, 80 bucks online multiplayer, and then you get your Game Pass Ultimate, um, which is 130 rand, and that obviously has the the online multiplayer. So at least in this sense, like you can get your online multiplayer and some extra stuff. You don't feel completely pigeonholed. But if I don't want that extra stuff, if I just want to play with my friends, the fact that I have to pay an extra monthly subscription to do it is dumb. Look, I do I do agree that it, it does seem a little bit silly that you know you need to pay to to play online. But I mean. More often than not, I believe it's, it's it's Sony or Microsoft that are running the servers and things in order for this to take place. So I speak under correction with regards to that. But either way, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PS5, they've always had that. Like if you want to play online with people, you need to have the PlayStation Live or the Xbox Live uh, things in order to play online. So it's been around for a long time. When you make a game that is 100%, everything is 100% online and you can't do it offline... I feel like then you're really like pigeonholing somebody and be like, well, Mm. you have to do this. But I'm also on the side of like, it's been like this for forever. Is it a hundred percent right? No, but I mean, at the same time, you bought into that ecosystem. It's, it's it's what you have. You are pretty aware of it. And they came out and said, you've, you've also got the choice of just saying, nah, I'm not going to play the game because I have to pay for online as well. It's not the best way to go about it. It's, Probably nobody's already going to agree with me, but at the same time, it's like, well... The thing is, though, like, I I, I get that reasoning, but only if it's a game like Diablo 3, right? So Diablo 3, you buy the game, and you can play single player. You never have to go online and play with other people if you don't want to. If you want to play online, then, as you said, right, paying for online multiplayer, it's been a thing forever and ever, you know this, fair enough. But the fact that we are now at a stage where we are developing games that cannot function unless you have multiplayer and we're still putting multiplayer behind a paywall, I, I feel like at that point it it needs to be relooked. Yeah, it might not be the perfect, shall we say, system, but I hope that at, at some stage maybe people can come up with some sort of alternative that kind of then appeases everybody. Plus, at the end of the day, it's ways that microsoft and sony are going to make money so you either do it or not i mean nintendo has also got it if you want to play online whether you want to play mario kart online and everything you have to have the the nintendo subscription as well to play online Mm -hmm. i mean it's dirt cheap you know but i mean most of them are not the most bank breaking uh things out there but yeah it's still not the greatest if you were a fan of payday 2 and you're looking forward to the new edition of the game payday 3 
Starbreeze Studio has unveiled some news that might disappoint some people. <laughs> so, Nag reports that the anticipated sequel of Payday 2, which released back in 2013, Payday 3 will have an always online requirement as it is attached Bruh. to all game modes, even the single player. The game will still feature your beloved heisters for Payday 2, and it will take place in a modern version of New York with some more heists and robberies to conduct through the city. They've even introduced some of the things that have changed from like the 2013 game to now, where things like cryptocurrencies are, are, are quite a big thing. There's going to be heists that are linked to like mass surveillance and the dark web, and all of this kind of stuff is going to be released. And they try to spin all of this around. And it's just a case of, oh, if you want to play still single player, it's online only. Now, I the reasoning for it was like oh it's because it's 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 cross play and everything like that, so they need an online requirement and maybe it's cross platform where you know you're playing on your computer and then you want to go play on your console because it's cold or whatever and you want to save it to 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 go across why don't you just have it that it's hey you know saves your progress upload or whatever the case is or when you finish playing it saves your progress to the cloud and you can go jump on another console and just play there why are you forcing people to be online all the time 100% of the time Yet another strange decision being made. I think it might have something to do with updates and stuff and like monitoring your play. Not monitoring in like the Big Brother Skynet scary kind of way, but just like, <laughs> you know, um, seeing how different hardware is. Uh, like, like you know, if, if, a, if a program crashes and then it's like, can we send a report to, to Microsoft because this thing crashed or send a report to whoever? So it might be like a similar thing to that. I'm not 100% sure. But it's it's another thing. I remember, I think it was Diablo 3, in fact, when that came out and it was like, it's always online. And everyone was like, but why? <laughs> I don't want to be online. I'm like, mm. And the fact that it has to be done through the Battle.net client. So even if, <laughs> even if it wasn't an always online, maybe that's it. Because in order to access the game, you have to go through Battle.net client. Battle.net client won't work unless you're online. So maybe Payday is going to have a similar thing. Like it's going to be through some... It's client steam, steam there steam. you go but but steam has an offline mode and there's a lot of games on steam that you can play offline which i don't know why other apps have not thought to integrate something so revolutionary as uh offline mode but um <laughs> yeah i don't know it's strange gaming is going in a weird direction man look on, on the other side you know I'm, I'm playing a little bit of like this whole devil's advocate we're also in the 21st century where the fourth industrial revolution is really, you know, amongst us and everything. It is 2023. I don't think that there's many people that are not online all the time, you know? My guy's saying that, like, we don't live in a third world country and we don't have power for 10 hours a day. <laughs> Listen, in, in general, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the normal populace, you know, that that can play games are generally the guys that, like, you know, are going to be connected. So it's not really an issue. But at the same time, it just, it's like, why do I need to be online to play single player? You know, just let the game be offline. Why can't yeah. we go back to the days of Half-Life 2? You know, you threw a CD in, you played offline and, and it was done. Even Diablo 2, you could play 100% offline. Diablo 3, like even that, like where you can play single player and everything, you know, you need to be online to log in or whatever the case is. But like, it's not like you have to be online to play the single player. It's like, you just need to connect. You could play it like, quote unquote offline almost is what it felt like. I don't have to play with people, but listen like you have to be online all the time because of syncing and challenges and everything. Uh, maybe I just don't understand something in the development of the game. Maybe there's actual reason, but until I either get the shall I say the the encouragement to actually go and search why or I get told why, I'm just gonna believe it's a really poopy idea. 
I mean, the fact that we had 20 plus years of never having online, like, like, never mind always online. We had never online. <laughs> that just wasn't yeah. a thing. Um, and now suddenly it's like, oh, no, the game can't possibly function without the internet. Have we gone backwards? Anyway. Sometimes it goes like that. Similarly, unless somebody points it out to me, can't say I care that much. I'll just sit in my bubble and think that it's silly. Now, we often come back to news that we speak about like regularly, like Baldur's Gate has been one of those. Uh, another thing that we talk about quite often is, of course, the Microsoft Actables merger. And it would appear that once this merger concludes, many beloved titles may be taken away from co- platforms, or more specifically, consoles. While COD is assured to remain on console, there has been no word on such games as Overwatch, Byro, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, etc., And that's not even to mention Bethesda games. Elder Scrolls, anyone? Uh, And of course, uh, Bethesda was another studio that Microsoft acquired some time ago. This has left console players feeling Omega Espresso Depresso. I hope that this is just one of those things where it hasn't been clarified and it will in the future and everyone's fears will be assuaged and it'll all be Gucci. But it's very concerning that currently the direction seems to be COD will stay on platform or on console and screw all the other games. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I'm pretty sure Spyro started as a console game. So for Mm -hmm. that to not be on console anymore would be devastating. Um, And of course, there's been some very upset users on the internet. Some saying, I couldn't, I like, I could care less about Call of Duty. I don't play that game. But like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Dishonored, Doom, Wolfenstein. Like to take those off of console would be a little bit of a travesty. Uh, and this came from an email where the, oh, I'm trying to remember who this guy is. They did mention like who he actually is in Blizzard somewhere in the email or in the article. But anyway, he sent an email proposing a 10-year deal to keep all current Actablers games on PlayStation. And it was rejected at the time. Yeah, lots of concerns there. Hopefully I, it hopefully it gets sorted, but yeah. I don't think that Microsoft is stupid enough to take games like this away from a platform that is clearly generating money, right? I think that if they did do it, it would be incredibly stupid and it would probably hurt them. I personally just feel that maybe this is just a knee-jerk reaction to somebody saying like, uh, no, I think, do you, do you think Microsoft wants to have everybody on their platform? Of course they do. The same thing that Sony wants. Sony wants everybody to be on their platform. But I don't see there being an, like, it's, it's a case of, I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction. People are just jumping immediately to the worst scenario. And it's a case of, I don't foresee them doing that. I mean, Call of Duty is going to come out. There's a big market on PlayStation and stuff. Why would they take it away from PlayStation? It just doesn't make sense. It it it, it won't make sense. You're going to try and drive people to, to go onto your platform, and it's probably just going to cause massive whiplash on you, your share price, everything else. So I, I think it's just a knee-jerk. You know what I mean? Well, I suppose it's one of those things where we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Because I also feel like it would be a weird, maybe not a conflict, but it would just be really strange for Microsoft to own a company that has get, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to I think, see. I think it's just a knee jerk reaction. I think as soon as we, hopefully the merger goes through, when it goes through, I think everything will be all good and fine. Everybody will have their games again. Everybody will be able to play their games on whatever platform that they may be on. And it just means that Microsoft is just making more and more money and hopefully fix Blizzard. 
Oh man, where's Richard where you need him? So I scrolled down to like another article and it's like, even though Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation, Sony has claimed that the Activision acquisition could be enough for gamers to swap to play from PlayStation to Xbox for potential exclusive extras. Then it, it, it. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Like, I get it. Fair enough. You, as you just said, obviously Microsoft want people on their platform, and this will be their game, so they can offer special exclusives to mm. their clients and customers. But like, man, <laughs> Richard is busy rolling around. You know, just oh, thinking about with that whole discovery and uh, uh, the that music uh, festival artist that came through to South Africa. But uh, I think, don't worry, guys. Internet, calm down. Everything will be fine. That's what I say, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we don't necessarily have a promising playable or a soon-to-be success a, it, because there's so many things that are coming out. Um, so a friend of ours that, that's, you know, that Sam and I have in common was talking about like how 2023 is one of the best years for gaming in quite a while. I mean, there's been some really bad games. You know, there's Forspoken. There's, as much as it pains me to say it, the Last of Us remastered version for the <laughs> PC was really, really poor. Redfall was uber bad. And Gollum was also, <laughs> like, really, really bad. But it's been a very good year for games. I mean, it, it, just go through indie games, right? Like, the Darkest Dungeon 2 has come out. And that people have really, really enjoyed. Uh, there's the 40k bolt gun. Battle Bit Remastered. I've got friends that are just constantly playing Battle Bit. And it looks like a lot of fun to play. And I think the game has got a lot of hype around it. Um, there's also Mage Seekers. I mean, if you look at some of the really big games that have come out. Hogwarts Legacy, Atomic Heart, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter Six, Diablo Four has been pretty good. Final Fantasy 16. So, like, there's a lot of good games. Plus, there's not even all the games that have come out yet. There's still a massive list that is coming out. The the Just a few that I've gone and selected. And also, thank you very much, Sean, for the uh, the list that you have here. But F1 Manager 23. Nobody cares about it except for me. But that's coming yep. out now in, like, two weeks' time. Uh, there's Baldur's Gate 3, which is on August 3rd on PC. There's Guild Wars 2, The Secrets of the Obscure, that's coming out on August 22nd. Armored Core 6 on August 25th. There's Starfield on September 6th. There's the Mortal Kombat in September 19th. Payday 3, September 21st. There's the Phantom Liberty expansion for, for Cyberpunk that's coming out on September 26th. And Assassin's Creed Mirage on October 12th. It's a massive There's so year. many more as well. Like, like there's a new Alan Wake. There's Lies of Pete. Like, the list literally just goes on. Yes. It just, it just continues. It, it really and true. We have said, like, in the, like the last few years, like, there hasn't been... There's been one or two games every year that people have played. And like, it's good. Like Elden Ring, when it came out, that was like that was like the only thing that was around. This year, there has been a lot that has come out. And there's still more that's going to be coming out. And there's games that are going to be coming out next year. I really feel that this year has been a very good year for gaming. And we in July only. I know. I feel like 2023 has been a pretty banging year, all things considered. And I feel like with oh, yeah. the last few years that we've had with like COVID and load shedding and <laughs> everything. everything that's happened, like, I don't know, this year's been 
the least awful uh, in the last handful of years. So I think that the gaming, like all the really rad games that are coming out is certainly help for that, you know, immersion and, and uh, distraction and all that. Uh, but yeah, think, it's, it's pretty exciting. I think whilst us gamers will often disagree on a lot of things, there will be a lot of things that we will have very <laughs> strongly different opinions on and everything. I think the one thing we can at least all say is that in terms of games, there's been a lot of games that have come out this year. And along with that, a l- more often than not, a lot of them have been really, really good with more to come out. Yep. And in this week's news that nobody cares about, a factory-sealed iPhone has been sold for what GameRant describes as a king's ransom at a recent online auction. That's right, a 2007 4GB iPhone, like the original OG iPhone. Um, this one was still sealed and unopened for what was well over a decade, has sold for a staggering price of 190,000 US dollars. The starting bid was set for originated about 10,000 US dollars. Uh, it ran for about two weeks and 28, bi- 28 bids later, the auction was closed with the seller netting $180,000 more than the original auction price. $190,000 for the original, the OG iPhone. That is... <laughs> why? Do you know, it? I, I, I have some interesting thoughts about this. I'm glad that there were only 28 bids. That tells me that there are very few people who are absolutely nutty enough to pay an ungodly amount of money for an old outdated phone that probably can't run 90% of apps that we have these days. Why would you, why? You put so, it up on a shelf and be like, look at my original iPhone so that all of your guests can go, why? <laughs> How much did you pay for that? $190,000. Why? <laughs> look, I, again, it's, I think it's, Dumb it's, things it's, I do to impress my friends. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is one of those things that would end up on like a TikTok video and like <laughs> amazing finds on like eBay pot, whatever the case is. $190,000. Yeah, but why did you go do So look, I had to go and look at some prices of some things. There are other old iPhones, like the iPhone 2 and all of that kind of stuff that have sold. They were still sealed and things that have sold for, you know, pretty high values as well. It clearly is just a select number of like collectors that are going for these things. And $180,000 net profit after what you were like, we're like, eh, cool, let's go 10 grand, see what happens, you know, on this auction for two weeks. I mean, that's one, that's a pretty penny to make, right? I mean, in South Africa, you'd probably be nailed with capital gains tax of 20 odd percent. But I mean, it's just, it's a, ma- it's a massive amount, you know, to, to make on a, an old iPhone that that person probably is never going to f- open either. Nope. All I get from that is that somebody on the internet had too much money. But I wish what? I had $190,000 just disposable, chilling in a bank account somewhere. Like, what stupid thing could I spend all of this money on today? Yeah, let me just go and spend three and a half million rand on an old iPhone that can, like, if I'm not mistaken, these were the ones that had, like, the exclusive AT&T distribution rights and things. So, like... It's 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 a very rare fi- find. The way I could buy a mansion with that money, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is. It is wild. But at least what we've learned today is that there's people will be purchased just about anything at the right price. Just and- really excited that I. Uh, so I went through like I have a whole box of magic cards, and I was going through them with with uh, Sean, friend of yeah. ours. 
and um, he has like a he's got a photographic memory, and so I hate him. But I would like hold up a card. And then I went through this entire massive box of cards just to figure out if any cards were worth anything. And I got really excited when I found out that one of my cards is worth $9. I was like, damn, ballin'. <laughs> Never mind. Getting <laughs> $190,000 old phone that can't run freaking, I don't even know if it can run the calculator at this point. I think the calculator app has become too advanced. Like, geez. As, as long as it doesn't connect to the internet, I think you'll be okay with the absolute No mobile games. <laughs> Also, four gigs. I mean, there are some videos that I take, which are a couple of minutes long, you know, from like recording. And those end up being massive gigs. So, I mean, four gig is a really small thing. But, man, how far we have come. If anything, this makes me miss my, one of my, I was thinking the other day, you know what phone I would really like to have again? Go on. It's the Motorola Razor. Oh, no, please. <laughs> or the Motorola V360. Oh, An old Lord. school. Fl- I loved the phone. I had, I had a V360 for the longest of time, and I loved it so much. If I could go back to something like that, I totally would. What I find so funny is like, so you're talking about flip phones, you know, there's that whole thing of like, has science gone too far? And so obviously, so we know about the flip phones that would like flip up. Right, yes. and you'd have your screen and your, but then you get the the other phones that flip horizontally, and yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? The Galaxy Fold and things, <laughs> that oh, Galaxy man. Z Fold and things. It's just I don't understand, guys. It's I haven't gone too far. Why do we want you know full who, who LCD that, displays, really? <laughs> full LCD touch displays that fold? At uh, God, you know, if that can't go be good fold, for your screen, man. Uh, I I don't know. I'm never going to use them. But what I will say is that. If you are going to have a flip phone, get yourself an old school Motorola V360 or the Motorola Razor. Make my day. (laughs) Send me a picture, please. That'll be great. (laughs) What I did find really funny is that like further down in this article about the iPhone thing, there was an auction late last year for the same phone and it only closed at 39,000. So I don't know what happened between last year and now, but uh, apparently there was a $150,000 increase in, uh, in, man, people are wild. Willing buyer, willing seller. (laughs) Imagine somebody paid $190,000 for a PlayStation 1. Silly. Silly. Dude, I, I got a PlayStation 1 a few years ago. Do you know what I paid for it? Bottle of brandy. <laughs> Guy was like, I've got it in my garage. Just give me a bottle of brandy and you can have it. Why would Abs- you spend $190,000 for outdated tech, man? I'm so triggered. <laughs> Sam is going to leave this podcast recording and she's going to go continue folding up clothing. And she's going, this is, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Just Folding things aggressively. <laughs> Dude living rain-free in my brain right now. Like, I'm never going to get over this. <laughs> if you, by some chance, are the person that is that has actually purchased this, just know, as Sam said, you're living in her head rent-free. <laughs> Please hit me up on, on Twitter so that I can make fun of you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for turning into episode 14 of Your Week in Gaming. And a big shout-out to our friends over at Esports Central for partnering with us on this podcast. You can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourweekingamingpodcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. It's been a really short day for me, but you can find me on Twitter at uh, Nari Mizuki. <laughs> Some of us have only just woken up a few hours ago, apparently. Literally woke up. It's 6 p.m. now and I woke up five hours ago. It's great. Esports man. 
Our next episode will be out on Friday, 28 July 2023 at 7am GMT Plus 2 and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. $190,000. Yes. <laughs>